morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show, where real talk happens every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Good morning, good morning. How y'all doing? How y'all doing in the cafe? Are you ready for some hot and steamy conversation this morning? What you drinking on? What you sipping on? Call me a macchiato. That's my favorite beverage right there. That's how I get my day started. Hot and steamy. My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This, this is Stephen, and I just wanted to share. You should always be in a place where you're celebrated. Life is too short to stay somewhere and tolerate. If you cannot help a person, don't hurt them, especially with women. It's just whole essence is to bring out the best in other people. Something that touches other people, and that's what your show does. It doesn't. It's not just conversation as you started. It actually has a purpose. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show where we all talk happens every Saturday at 10 a.m. It's your girl, Soy, bringing stimulating conversation to the Green Nation. It's always a joyous occasion here in the cafe. I want you to drink, think on it. Let's talk now. If Soy means I am, therefore you are bold beautiful, intelligent, amazing, and leaving your insecurities and inabilities to be tested, then rested while you sit here with me and have real talk with soy. Welcome to the cafe where you can always unapologetically be you. Stop suing and start brewing. It's a new dawning day. And I love that intro. I love that intro. It's so empowering, you know. What it says is that it's a new day. Grab your favorite morning beverage, leave everything else behind, and have a real conversation where you can unapologetically be you. Bring your ideas, bring your experiences, bring your input uh, into the cafe with me as well. And the beautiful thing about that is that if you're not on air um, speaking with a mic, you still have a voice because you can listen to Facebook Live and post your comments there. And, and the awesome thing about the live is that after you have participated in it and you've heard it, you can very well share it with, with others. And if that isn't enough, you can always go to the website, Coffee Talk with Soy, go to our library, and hear the show all over again. And you can take it with you. You have control over that. You have control. You have control. That's what we want, right, at the end of the day. That's what we want. We want to be in control of some things. And um, <clears throat> despite what it looks like out there, we're, we're going to talk about still being in control of some things when, when things just look like it, it's just going crazy. Haywire. Um, I, I, I figured something was going on when I couldn't purchase um, a roll of toilet paper, a very much needed roll of toilet paper. It just so happened that um when I was watching the news earlier this week and I was clowning with my daughter about um, why is everyone taking the toilet paper? Like, like what is that about? Now, we, we've had crisis before. You know, we've had incidents that happen nationally, and, and God help us, there's always a snowstorm threatening or a tornado coming. So I, I would say probably at least twice a season we have to prepare for something, um, which is to be home, right? Um, but this is a little different, and we're going to treat it a little different. And um, to help me transcend this information and get it over to you, I, I have um, a therapist who is hanging out with me in the cafe, and, and I really want her to speak with, with you all because I want her to share some input and insight on, on how we deal with this pandemic. Her name is Dr. Patty Ashley. But before I introduce her and bring her into um, the show, let me just share a couple of things that, that has been uh, on, on my heart about this pandemic. It's, it's not the first time. That, that's what I thought, right? I thought it's not the first time, right? Um, this has happened before. And then these are things I'm telling myself to stay calm. You know, because when we allow our minds to just take us certain places, we, we, we get freaked out, you know, about what we're going to do, how we're going to deal with it. Um, so I, I'm very much a fan of the serenity prayer. 
I've had some things in my life that that's all I had was the serenity prayer. And I would just have to tell myself that there is nothing I can do about it. What do I do when there is nothing I can do about it? I'm doing the best that I can. And, and beyond here, I, I, I have no control. How do I deal with this internally? So I practice the serenity prayer and such that um, sometimes when things happen, um, I appear to be unbothered, and, and that's not case, and I don't say appear to be unbothered because that's what others have said. I'm very much in the moment, very much concerned, deeply in thought about an exit strategy, a comeback plan, a plan B, or, you know, a flight or fight situation. I'm there. But I just kind of have managed to not let my emotions take me there. And uh, I want to encourage you all to do the same thing. So however you plan to deal with this um, pandemic, uh, how you plan to deal with this COVID-19, how you plan to deal with this coronavirus issue, I want you to be in control. I want you to be knowledgeable about the facts. And, and, and I don't, what I don't want to hear is that because of this, people have went into panic attacks, you've had strokes, cardiac arrest, all kinds of other issues because of something that you just cannot control. Miss Patty is what I call her, but she's actually um, very much very knowledgeable in this area in, in which she works. Her name is Dr. Patty Austin, and she is a licensed professional counselor. She specializes in individuals, couples, and family therapy. She has created a unique process called Authenticity Architecture, designed to help you reconstruct your authentic self and live your best life. And she helps you do this with all kinds of amazing things happening in your life, even this. So therefore, I would like to welcome to the show, to the cafe, Dr. Patty Ashley. Good morning, Patty. How are you? Good morning, Soy. I'm doing well. How are you? I am hanging in there is what people would say. <laughs> <laughs> I am hanging in there. And, and we all are, aren't we? We're doing as well as expected, I guess. Right. Well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you being available. And, and, and I think this is a, I mean, an amazing thing that you have a, a skill set that speaks to situations such as this. I mean, we're happy to have you. I'm definitely happy to have you, and I believe my guests are, are happy to have you as well. Great. So, well, it's 8 o'clock here in Colorado, so I am sipping my coffee for sure <clears throat> with my non-dairy creamer. Non-dairy creamer. All right. So you take it black? No, a non-dairy creamer, um, almond milk creamer. <laughs> you don't have as much as that on the East Coast as we do out here in Colorado. <laughs> That's what I stocked up on yesterday when I went to the store, by the way. There was no more toilet paper. <laughs> so I got lots of creamer for my coffee. <laughs> Why do people do that, though, Patty? What is that about? I don't understand. Like, why? Why do people well, buy all the I think we like our creature comforts and we like to be comfortable. And, I, you know, I've been asking myself that same question, why the toilet paper? Um, yesterday at Target it was toilet paper and beans. And um, so I guess canned goods, things that non-perishable foods, um, you know, people want to be comfortable. They want to know that they're going to survive whatever this coronavirus is going to entail and you know we yeah we stock up it's like hoarding in a in a way you know making sure that you know we have everything we need out of fear you know i was watching this last night and what and what surprised me patty was that there were people um that, that, that of course they showed the stores and they showed that people were buying water and, and bread and milk and toilet paper and tissues and things like that. And they also showed people were at the gun store buying more guns 
and buying bullets and ammunition for their for their weapons. And I and I was thinking like, what the heck? I I, I, I was confused. And then the news person said that um, according to the people in the store who was a gun owner, that when our country is in a panic and there and there are lack of resources and people can't go to work, they get desperate. And your home may become a target. Mm. I've never thought about it. Yeah, it's scary, isn't it? You know, um, we we think about that, you know, how people behave um, under extreme amounts of stress. And, you know, I think uh, one thing that seems to be a ripple effect of this experience is the economy. And, you know, what are people going to do when, you know, they – they they can't pay their mortgage. Um, I I think you know people are afraid of the virus, but I think it's the the longer impact that it could have on our world. And so preparing ourselves for I, it, it's almost like a doomsday uh, feeling to go out and buy guns and prepare myself so that you know no one comes and steals my stuff, you know, or or whatever they're buying the guns for. That is fri- very frightening. Um, and I was also thinking about the flip side of that too, is how people are coming together. Because a lot of, seen a lot of posts about you know the kids who aren't going to get meals because going to school was how they got fed, and people donating meals. Um, so I think you know in times of of stress like this, humans can really swing to, you know, really being extra compassionate and helping other people to the opposite extreme of you know. I want to protect myself and and get what I need. You know, I think we don't know what's going to happen, you know, after these few weeks of everything being shut down, which it is here in Colorado, um, and how long that's going to be. I I saw yesterday somebody said something about two months of this. So I know you've been doing your research too, and maybe you've seen something about, you know, uh, the time that we might need to expect these um, isolation kinds of procedures to continue, but it, it scares people. It brings up all kinds of what ifs, right? What if, what if, what if? So, you know, depending on how people react, um, you know, hopefully it will bring us closer together. Um, that's always our hope for outcome, right? Exactly, exactly. I, I, I think the... Um I know I was very surprised to to hear how um, their certain families are being affected by this because I didn't I didn't think beyond what I saw on, on the news and just thinking through my own uh, situations. I'm thinking that okay, it'll be downtime for me, and you know I'll spend some family time and I'll work from home a bit and, and work on some projects that I've been needing to get to. And here it is, March, and I haven't done some things yet. So I was thinking of those ones and, and how the disruption would be beneficial for me. And then watching the news and seeing all these other things happen, you know, I, I it, it did raise a little anxiety for me. And I was kind of emotional to learn that there are kids who will not eat because they will not be in school for the free lunch. I think that there just, just took me over. Um, and I thought, well, um, so now that where we live, which is here in Georgia, there are counties that, that they're going to have the buses. They're going to put the food on the buses and, that, and allow the buses to go in the neighborhoods where they will normally pick up these children and deliver the food there at the bus stop. And that the parents are to visit the school's website to find out where those meal drop-off locations are going to be. Yeah, yeah. And see, that's an example of how we do come together. Like Mr. Rogers would said, look for the helpers, you know, in times of crisis, look for the helpers. So my hope for outcome is that, you know, it, it the the silver lining, so to speak, is that it does bring more compassion because we don't think about these things much in our lives when we're just doing our day-to-day. And I think it poses a lot of questions for people to really, you know, think about what's important and how we can help each other. And, um, and that, that's a great example. So 
It is scary. I mean, I, I'm an introvert too, so I thought, boy, this isn't an introvert's dream to be able to stay home and and um, you know get some work done, like you said. And I like to paint and you know do artsy, crafty things. And um, but the reality is, you know, we we need connection. We're wired for connection, so we can't even introverts can't be completely alone all the time. So um, I think reaching out online thank goodness we have the internet right um reaching out online and and connecting with people in zoom groups i'm going to be offering a couple i haven't planned them yet but um just keep an eye out on uh some groups i'm going to be doing for people just to gather online and, and maybe do some dream work maybe do some mandala drawing maybe do some just conversation about the panic and the fear and and breathing some mindfulness meditation um but i think that's one way we can connect um is online these days that's a good thing um but yeah i mean it's frightening and at the same time we have we have to really um not go into the panic because the the panic actually lowers our immune system right and we don't want to do that when we've got this virus floating around, um, literally and figuratively. And we want to do whatever we can to create a healthy immune system. You know, good sleep, exercise, healthy food, vitamin C, zinc, any other homeopathic remedies your doc may recommend. Um, you know, taking a walk. Exactly. Um, and and not panicking, being being with that, that this is not a great time right now, and this too shall pass. And, and you know what you know what also I'm gonna throw off is that um, Dr. Ashley is that while while there the shelves were clear of water and Clorox, toilet paper, and paper towels, and um, someone said that. They're buying paper towels and toilet paper because the virus is scaring the crap out of people. But the other thing is, is that why were not, tell me why the shelves where the vegetables were, where we're not in Why were not people buying vitamins and, and, and vitamin C and other minerals and things like that? Why were yeah, I've I've had several people say that too. It's interesting, isn't it? We're, um, you know, I live in Colorado and we're pretty healthy here. Some people say it's like a really healthy place to live. So, so many of us, you know, are in the vitamin aisle kind of thing. But um, I think for the most part, we're all in survival mode most of the time, aren't we? You know, we just got to get through. And so I guess the toilet paper and paper towels feels more like survival um, as instead of prevention. I think that's, that's, that's a big problem that we have right now in our country is we're cleaning up messes. Literally, we're talking about paper towels and toilet paper. We're cleaning up the mess. We're not really looking at prevention. And with this, I mean, this is a virus that, you know, we could, I mean, there's all kinds of different people saying all kinds of different things about how it actually started and got to the United States, but, you know, just healthy immune systems in general, just taking really good care of ourselves in general. And let's face it, we're all working several jobs. We're all really busy. We're all, our immune systems are stressed all the time. Our American lifestyles, our American lifestyle does not lend well to a healthy immune system. If we don't get enough sleep, if we're worried about paying the bills, if we're working 50, 60 hours a week, that takes a toll on the nervous system, and it it takes a toll on the immune system, and it's hard for the body then to regulate and be able to stay in a place of calm in the midst of something like this. So I know that was a long answer, but that's what I make up. It would be people are more just trying to literally clean up the messes as opposed to, um, you know, really finding out what we need to do for a healthy lifestyle. And I think having to stay home, it's be it'll be interesting for people. It, it, it not only devastating economically for people, 
but also interesting to just you know to have the experience of being home as opposed to rushing and going and doing all the time the way we do in our culture. Long answer to your question. I answered it, but I think it's you know there's there's so many it's it's so multi-layered. I think the situation when you think about it. Well, I have my next question for you is not multi-layered, and if it is, maybe you can 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 you know uh, work through it and, and unpack it for us. So, so there are people when things like this happen, they freak out, they go out of their head, you know, uh, they're panicking, they're running, grabbing everything out of the store. If someone tries to grab it or someone you know confronts them, they are arguing, or something kicks off and the fight in the store, someone stabs, shot. Craziness, right? You have those people. And then you have other people. I think I may fall into this category to some extent, where they're, they're not as quick to react. They will take it through a little more. They are, they're going to handle the panic differently. And for those people who choose to or have learned to kind of fall back and not react so quickly, they're labeled as the people who don't care, you're not taking this seriously. And so they they get a bad rap because they're not reacting like the others. They're not doing the monkey see, monkey do, and then they get a bad rap. Why is that? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think because people in their own fear, everybody wants to, to, I mean, we're wired for empathy. And so if I'm really panicked and you're not really panicked, then there must be something wrong with me. So I want you to panic too, and then I feel like I'm not so crazy. So I, I think that the thing is, the good news is to be in a place, like you said, where I'm not going to panic about it. I mean, you seem very wise and informed about what's going on, and you're also choosing not to go into overreacting. And so that's, that's, I think that's helpful for people to help them regulate and come back to being able to be in that place as well, but that doesn't mean they're going to take it lightly because it, I mean, it's like anybody trying to defend themselves. About, you know, people so often get into this defense mode, like, you don't understand. Why don't you get this? This is what I'm telling you. You know, you need to understand it. You need to see my point of view and because we're all, we all want to be heard. We're wired for connection empathy and being heard. So I think people in panic are not in their in their right mind, so to speak. They're not able to rash, be rational because they're in the reptilian brain, which is really about um, fear and danger. And the frontal lobe goes offline and they can't rationally understand that we have to be rational in this situation. So, so people who've had trauma in their lives and a history of abuse, neglect, um, or, you know, disaster, maybe they've been in another, you know, um, natural disaster or some sort of horrific situation, their body memory thinks it's happening now and they're in panic. So they need to be validated. You know, I hear that you're really scared. I know this is really scary for you. Um, but you can't talk them out of it, basically. You can only be a light, really, for, you know, being able to hold a sense of presence and calm, even um, in these scary times, that 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 that's an option. So, so what what's the difference between panic and preparation? Yeah, panic is when we go into that fear response um, that's not rational, and we start what ifing, what ifing, what ifing, and you know it increases the heart rate. It um, you know, put stress on the body, the blood pressure, um, you know, and like you said earlier, you know, you've got an increased risk of other um, medical conditions when you're in panic. So, you know, a lot of times people go to the emergency room thinking they're having a heart attack when it's a panic attack. So we want to really tame the panic a bit by coming into present moment and um, paying attention to what's going on, you know, doing what we need to do to take care of ourselves and being informed um, and doing our own mindfulness. You know, I, I think 
like sitting and taking some deep breaths and being really present in the moment brings the body back to present time and, and out of the what if, what if, what if. We certainly you know, have to what if to some degree in terms of the facts, but when we go into the, well, what if, what if, what if I don't, um, you know, what if I get it and then I, you know, I'm in the hospital and then I don't have health insurance and then, you know, what about my family and I don't want my family, you know what I mean? That's the going so far into the what ifs because we don't know. We have to be really present. I like to think of um, the Fantastic Five. So if people, whenever they're in fear about what's going on, you know, they've got their information, they've got their toilet paper, and they're all safe in their house, find five things that are going well. You know, look around. There's many, many more than five. But to bring the body awareness back into, there are there are many other things that are happening right now besides the coronavirus. It helps the body calm down. So even if it's just the bird that flew by or the bird singing now that it's spring here or, um, uh, you know, just uh, your comfortable uh bedspread or whatever you know what are five fantastic things in your world right now that's really helpful to do um and make sure you do some mindfulness breathing and just take a deep breath they're they're saying that the exhale if you can extend the exhale it actually calms the nervous system um so that's the the panic is when you're so far in the what ifs that your you know your heart is racing and you and you it, it is the sky is falling so we want to come back into normal fear. This is normal fear. I mean, to be afraid of what's going on is normal. But we don't want to go to the extreme of panic, and then we have additional emotional and physical um, symptoms that okay. aren't helping. So about that, I have a good friend. Her name is Joanne King, and she has these panic attacks. Um, she panicked. So if, if she is in my presence, physically in my presence, and, and this is happening, she's going on and on. You know, normally in a TV show, you just slap the person or you choke them. You know, so what 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 could I do to my to my good friend to snap her out of the panic attack? And she's and she's very short, like probably about four feet. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> inviting her to take a deep breath into her lower belly. Um, and breathe in slowly through the nose and exhale, slowly, which slows the breathing down. And then, again, the fantastic five. five find five things around you right now that are, that are good, that are safe. Excuse me. Um, no. You know, because it's all about safety. It's all about emotional safety. But the thing about the, these people, the, the truth is they, they're they speaking the entire time, so how do you help them? You know, they, they are speaking as if the sky is really falling, you know, and they're going on and on about this and this, and, you know, I'm the calm person in the room, so how do I, how, what can I, it's for her. So if I choke her, it's not for me, for her. How, how do I help my friends? Well, I think you need to to uh, validate what she's feeling, you know, because people want to be heard. We can't talk people out of our feelings. I mean, that's old. That's old parenting stuff. Don't be sad. Don't be this. Don't be that. You know that we still have in our DNA, and we we want we all. I can't say we all, but most of us want to help our friends, right? We want to help them. We want to say, come on, come on over on my side. It's not as scary here. And um, the truth is she's where she is. And so sometimes when we validate and we say, you're really scared, gosh, I really hear that. I hear how scared you are. It just helps people relax a little bit just to be heard, um, when we try and talk people out of their feelings, it makes it worse. I always tell the story about when my daughter was about four years old and my mom um, told her she, she was crying because she's my emotional child. I have four grown kids right now. Um, so my daughter, the emotional one, was crying over something that as adults we think is silly. And my mom said, you look so much prettier when you're not crying. And she just wailed even ten times louder. And I was studying at the time with a woman who was a – uh, parent educator in Virginia, 
and I was working with her, and I was learning all kinds of good parenting stuff. And I said, Mom, she's going to stop crying when she's ready. And my daughter overheard me saying that, and when I said that, she stopped immediately. And it was so interesting for me. It's such a perfect example of what I'm saying. It's like whenever we try and tell somebody to stop doing what, what stop feeling what they're feeling, they feel even worse. So whenever we we have empathy and we allow them to move through it, um, they can actually it can actually dissipate a little bit more. Um, it's hard to watch because we want to we want to be able to help. We want to be able to fix. And sometimes people just need to be scared as long as they need to be scared. And then you, again, get to be then a role model, you know, where you're modeling how you're doing things for yourself that, you know, are helping you um, maintain a a sense of calmness. Um, I think, you know, I like to do art. It's real therapeutic for me. Some people don't like to do art. Some people like to write. Some people like to draw. Some people like to walk. Some people... um, you know, if there's any sort of right brain activity that your friend or others out there in panic can do, it calms the nervous system because you're not in your left brain thinking about what if, what if, what if. You're sim- you're giving yourself a chance to breathe and rest. And coloring books, coloring books are great. You know, the adult coloring books now that have been out for a while. Anything to calm the nervous system. And and tell the body we're safe right now, we're safe right now. Um, it's helpful. And at the same time, we can't talk people out of their feelings. Well, I, I, I listen. If anyone else is getting anything out of it, I did get out of it. That for my good friend Joanne, I'm not going to try and talk her out of her feelings. I'm going to work on empathy, and I'm going to give her some coloring books. There you go. Oh, I like. Yeah, help my friend John. <laughs> uh, she's gonna love me. We'll do a show on this after. See how see how she um, responds to this positive therapy from Dr. Ashley. So, so Dr. Ashley, what? Um, <laughs> I, I know that you're a therapist, and and with things happening um, now with this state of emergency that we're in, how are you treating your patients? How are you responding to? Um, um, limiting contact or just social distance recommendations that that's out there. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens this week. I mean, I'm business is open as usual for me with lots of hand sanitizer and uh, Clorox wipes, um, and I also am offering phone and online appointments, which I do already for other clients who live out of town. Um, I do my authenticity architect coaching um, for people online and um, you know that's really a process of helping people identify these places where they get stuck in their lives and and be able to access more of the you know joy and pleasure and you know states of calm that we're talking about Um, so I'm still seeing clients in my office, and I'm still seeing them online. And like I said, I think I'm going to try and and get some face group, Facebook Live and or Zoom groups going just to have more – so people can have more connection um, online if they are staying at home. Um, and I, I should have that up on my website um, in the next few days, which is pattyashley.com, and that's Patty with an I-P-A-T-T-I-A-S-H-L-E-Y. So just keep – um, keep a lookout for that, and I'm going to offer your view, your listeners today 20% off of um, either a phone session, online session, or any um, upcoming events that I've got going on. Good. 20% off for all of the our listeners. So, um, I, call them, I call it Brew Nation, brewing as in coffee. This is the community in which you speak, so it's for all of the folks in Green Nation, there's a 20% off discount offer to you. So we, we appreciate that. We appreciate that, that very much. And thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, you're welcome. Thank you for sharing all of this wisdom with your listeners.
Yeah, and the best part about Dr. Ash is when I can walk away with, with something as well. And you know what I told myself initially? I kind of started thinking, and I was thinking of how, okay, we this isn't the first time we've had a national pandemic um, where there has been a fear of some kind of flu or virus. You know, we had the seasonal flu that started. We had Ebola, we really Ebola. We had H1N1. And I thought, you know, we, we got through it. We, we, we did lose people. You know, people, we did lose people. And then it seems as though um, the people who expired during those issues are people who've already had um, health issues. Um, so good points were made about continuing to build your immune system, you know, um, eating and drinking um, vitamins and fluids and things that will, you know, provide you with um, 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 just layers of protection. You know, you, you can't get enough vitamin C. You know, there are other um, food products that are good for your immune system as well. Um, you can read them. And also just want to encourage people to, um, to stay close to what CDC is saying, um, follow the news. Um, it, it's a stretch, but it is, it, it is a way to, to stay safe. And, 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 and just to ensure that um, we continue to live our lives. Because I want to continue to live, live my life and um, enjoy some of the things that I enjoy. I, I enjoy my social, um, um, people I socialize with. So today I am having a, um, a cookout. So it is not, it's not open to the public, but I will have some family and friends over, and we're just going to have a good time. It's going to grill and chill and, and just enjoy each other. So, and we'll be visiting each other's homes over the next few weeks while we're on lockdown. So, you know, be creative and, and, and have to get together with those you trust. You know, have them bring their masks and sanitizer and gloves and all that. But um, you, can still have, you can still have a good time with those immediately around you. Enjoy that. Yeah, I think that's important. We have to live our lives and we take precautions and, you know, we're wired for connections, so we definitely need our people. We're wired for connections. I like that. We are. So we're going to give more information about Dr. Patty Ashley when we close out the show. Well, my website is pattyashley.com, P-A-T-T-I-A-S-H-L-E-Y. And just about everything you need to know is on there. I do have a um, couple books that I've written that are on my front page. One of them is A Memoir of Grief, um, Letters to Freedom. And that might be helpful for people who are in the sphere of, you know, what if, what if, what if, you know, I die or somebody I love dies because we're all afraid of death. So I wrote this memoir um, because I lost my father when I was a kid and my fiancé um, three and a half years ago the same way I lost my dad. So I wrote a, a sweet love story about grief and the importance of grief and getting through grief into the other side. It's called From Fear to Love to Grace. So that's um, on my website as well. Um, and, yeah, I feel free to contact me Um you know, for individual and or some of the group events that I'm going to be setting up going forward. You know, Patty, I'd be interested in, in, in seeing um, what you're sharing about grief. Um, uh, another thing um, <laughs> um, I find to be interesting is that is there a, when, when a person is approaching death, you know, their life is declining. Are there signs that that is happening? Um, well, yeah, especially at the very end, you know, when people are in hospice, you see they have a lot of um, waking dreams where they're seeing themselves. They're like hallucinations. People think they're hallucinating. But, um, you know, most of the people who are dying in the research that's been done is, you know, they're just seeing people from the other side or, um you know, they're just having these lucid, these non-lucid experiences that we don't normally have in our, in, in when we're healthy and, and not on the edge of transition. Um, 
And of course, you know, if there's the physical pieces, um, you'll see, you know, the decline and the doctors will, you know, say, hey, you know, this is where this is going. But um, it's interesting, end of life, to look at people's dreams and people's experiences. And, you know, we're so afraid of death, right? We're so afraid of what's going to happen for various reasons. And, you know, so I've learned so much about death and dying from having lost my dad when I was a kid and wondering what the heck happened and where did he go, um, that I've come to, you know, have a sense of peace and ease about it. It's just another part of life. We all have to do it, right? And I think that's part of the coronavirus, too, is this fear of, oh, no, you know, this is a deadly um, disease. And what if, you know, that's one of the what ifs. And then that stirs a lot of panic for people. Um, because we're afraid of what could happen. But the truth is, we're all going to die at some point. And I'm not making light of the fact that the coronavirus, you know, is a fatal disease and that we shouldn't be afraid. It's it's simply that, you know, when we really don't look at death and dying as a part of life, it can add to the panic. Um, and I don't know, again, if I answered your question, but, um, you know, people who are in hospice, you know, you'll see similar kinds of experiences of the waking dreams or even the nighttime dreams of meeting people that have passed on and that sort of thing. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had the opportunity to watch a loved one transition, um, mm. and it was, it was um, well, several. But I, I remember being confused because at one point you thought the person was getting better. And then, yes. um, yeah, it, it, it appeared as though the there were signs of life coming back, only to know that that, that happens. That happens most of the time, and it's confusing because people think, oh, she's getting better. And then, yeah, a couple days, a day or two later or three, yeah. Oh, well, what a blessing that you got to be with these people. I, I feel like it's such a gift to be able to witness um, such a beautiful experience um you know we all have to at some point die and to have be surrounded by someone who can hold that space for us is a real gift on both ends i think and and hard as well there's no easy way to do that i have a person on facebook live who's asking for the website for the grief info again um could you share that quickly well, it's just my website, pattyashley.com. Um, the book is on the front page. It's called Letters to Freedom. It's the name of the book because my partner's name was Lawrence Freedom. Um, and I don't have anything scheduled yet. I've been doing some workshops on grief. I've got that's my plan this weekend is to get some more things scheduled going forward. So she has my website. She can get on my mailing list on the website and keep up to date with the things that I'm going to be doing. I've been doing some letter writing. Um, The book that I wrote, I was writing letters to my partner, um, love letters. And um, I find that, you know, writing after we've lost someone is um, very healing. So I've been doing some workshops around that. And again, we'll be getting those on my schedule going forward soon. So my website should have everything she needs. Doctor, Doctor Ashley. So, for for those, like there are people who have um, lost people in which um, during the period of time that the that the um, that, that the person transpired or expired, there wasn't a good communication with family and things like that. So, if I, if I had a family member, we were kind of at odds, or just maybe have had unresolved issues. And so when the person passed away, that that will probably impact the grief, or is it something else besides the grief? Oh, it, it tremendously have... impacts the grief because there's the part of grief is the de- denial and bargaining phase. And, you know, people definitely go into their self-doubt and what if, what if I had done, back to the what if, what if I had been closer? What if I had worked this out? What if I did something wrong, you know? Um, And so it adds layers to the grief for sure. Um, And it's important, you know, with everything in life is to come to a place of forgiveness, forgiving ourselves and forgiving 
you know, the people who've passed on. And, and it is unfortunate that, you know, when we lose someone and there is some unresolved pieces, which is why I think it's so important while we're alive to be aware that, you know, we, we really want to make peace with the people in our lives as best we can. Sometimes we can't, you know, and then that's making peace with that inside ourselves. But it definitely influences the level of grief. Um, and again, important for forgiveness is so important in order to move on, but we can't necessarily just get there. It's kind of like talking your friend out of her fear. We have to go through the stages of grief and the bargaining and and the what ifs to get through to the other side and eventually move into a place of forgiving ourselves and the others, other involved. Now, I have one other question for you um, from Kevin Durham on Facebook, and he, he's asking if if you think that God is trying to get our attention. Do you believe these <laughs> things happen? <laughs> um. Well, I mean, when you when <laughs> whenever we talk about God, um, it opens up Pandora's box because everyone has a different experience of what God is. You know, religious beliefs and constructs create a dogma and structure. So, for me, my experience of God, because when I lost my father when I was eleven, um, and I was raised in a Catholic family. I was told that he was in heaven and he was with God and I should be happy. And all I wanted to know my whole entire life was where is God, who is God, and why can't I go there? Because I want to be with my dad. So my experience of who God is is more, is brought more broad than, say, a religious construct. It's more of a sense of, you know, the energy that connects us all. Um, and I don't really like to talk religion because it's not my it's not my work. My work is, you know, the psychology. However, I do believe that there, when human beings connect to some sort of spiritual component in their lives, they do find more meaning. So whatever that might be for you um, or for anyone out there, you know, what God is or what your connection to some sort of higher purpose, higher power, as they say in, in AA, um, is that higher purpose, higher power, God trying to get our attention? I don't know. Maybe we all are trying to get our attention. You know, if we're all one and we're all connected and we're all part of that energy. Um, I don't know. I mean, I who knows? It's all a mystery. That's the one thing I learned from my years of, of spiritual seeking, trying to find my father, was it's a mystery and we're not supposed to know really here. But what we do know is our human experience and what is happening right now with our human experience. It's posing some pretty big questions, right? So like I was saying earlier, my hope is that it builds more compassion and more empathy and that we reach out as Mr. Rogers said, you know, look for the helpers. How are we going to help each other? Because the scary part is with this economic um, situation, people who can't pay their mortgage or people who can't get groceries anymore and people already who are struggling to do that in the economy we live in, like we're seeing with the kids who only get meals at school. Um, How are we going to help make that better? That to me is God. When we come together and we reach out and we help other people that's 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 what we're meant to do we're meant to help each other out um so is god trying to get our attention are we trying to get our attention i don't know (laughs) but how can we reach out and be there for each other is 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 the question that would be asking and and i would echo that and, and, and i would say that that I believe he's always trying to get our attention because it's always in my like how do we improve humanity? What what do we do? How do we contribute to humanity? You know, so regardless of where you live or how much money you make, um, how do you improve the lives of others? How how do you use the gift that that you have? I think we all have our own unique gift, whatever that is. Your gift could be speaking or singing. Or, or just the listening, you know, it's good to have a listening ear because people need to work through things. Um, and so, it, it's, I mean, there's so many gifts, writing, there's so many gifts, and just kind of looking at what we have, how we touch people, and how do we use that to continue to build on to improve humanity. And, and I think 
that's the attention. That's the connection. That's the answer. And attention is prayer. I heard someone say that a long time ago. Attention is prayer. So paying attention and showing up for ourselves and everyone else with love and light and and compassion. I mean, that's what it's all about. Not buying more guns to, you know, make sure we're safe, but instead reaching out and and bringing our light into humanity. I think that's that to me is God. Well, God has said that the show should not just go beyond one hour. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Soy, for having me. And um, blessings to all of you out there through this um, pandemic. And I know together we're going to make the world a better place. We're going to live our best life. Healthy. Live our best life. That's right. All right. Well, thank you for hanging out with me. And enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Don't be a stranger to the show. Share this um, with others. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much. Just love this show, Coffee Talk with Soy. That is your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday at 10 a.m. I'd like to thank the listeners and the guests for joining me in the cafe today. What a wonderful time we had. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Don't forget to download the app, Coffee Talk with Soy, from your app store. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. Stay connected. Stay connected, folks, by visiting the website, coffeetalkwithsoy.com as well as looking for us under your social media sites. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the name Coffee Talk with Soy. Remember, the size of the problem is never the issue. Remember, it's the size of you. Be great because you are awesome. Tell them Soy said so. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bye-bye.